children and families. Pastor Jeremy's going to bring the Word of God to us today. Personally, I'm so grateful for Jeremy. So grateful for his ministry to my family and my young family. And uh, so we're so excited to hear from Pastor Jeremy today. Thank you so much, Benjamin. Good morning, church family. My name is Jeremy Micklack. I am pastor of youth and young adults here at Riverstone Church. And I am so blessed to be here this morning, and I'm thankful to worship with you and worship with those who are at home via live stream. We're thankful that you could join us. And you made it. You made it. This is the last Sunday of 2020. Now, I don't know if you're the type of person who's been waiting for this year to be over since it began, or if you are now thinking, I wonder what's going to happen in 2020. Is this year kind of like just the beginning? Well, wherever you are, whatever you're thinking, we've all been through a lot. We've all been through a lot this year, haven't we? With shutdowns, things being canceled, expectations missed, frustrations. We've had to postpone weddings, parties, and even funerals. We've had to say goodbye to people we love and not be able to say hello to friends that we are so close to during this time. But as we expect things to change, we all are waiting for something good. And my challenge for us as we end this year and look forward to a new year is my challenge for each one of us and as a church family here at Riverstone is to be that good that we're expecting, to be that good that we've been waiting for. By the power of God and His Holy Spirit working in and through each one of us and as a church community, that my challenge for us as we close this year, as we look forward to 2021, is to be that good that God has called us to be, as we imitate God. Now, I also personally want to thank the church family because I've experienced that good in my life through you, that we as a family have gone through some things this year. I had knee surgery in, in August. My wife recently had an appendectomy the day after Thanksgiving. And the church family, you have come around us and loved us so well. It's so humbling to even stand before you and to thank you. I, I can't thank you enough for the love and support and your prayers and how powerful your prayer is. I know that many of you truly are prayer warriors, and it means so much to us and to my children and to my family. So I want to thank you from the, the deepest part of my heart for your support and your love. And as we open up our word, God's word, Ephesians chapter 5 is what we'll be studying today. We're going to be reading the first 14 verses, but let us remember that God has called us to follow him and to imitate him by walking in love and walking in light. And so as we think about this new year, you know, kind of it becomes commercialized and you might think of this motto that happens every new year is, it's a new year, it's a new you. And we start to think about ourselves and changes that we want to make. And as I mentioned, let us make the change to imitate God. That when people see us, they see the living Jesus. Let's pray before we read from Ephesians chapter 5. Will you join me? 
Lord, please help us to love you, to love those around us. Help us to be consistent with the way that we talk about you and the way that we talk about others, the way we we treat you and the way that we treat others. Help us to watch our tongues and even more closely watch our hearts as we often stray from following you. But Lord, help us to love what you love and help us to hate what you hate. And by the power of your spirit in us, use your word to convict us, to change us, and to make us more like your son, Jesus. And we love you so much, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'm going to read the first 14 verses of Ephesians chapter 5. If you have a Bible, I would encourage you to open up your Bible. And I really would encourage you to use your actual physical Bible, not just your phone. If you have it, if you have your phone, open up your phone, go to wherever you need to so you can read it. Because I think that when you actually use a physical Bible, if you're at home, go on your shelf, get your Bible out because there's something special and unique that we remember a little bit better when we use an actual Bible. Um, When we feel and smell the pages and as we turn, as we read, that we can remember God's Word a little bit better. But if you have a phone, use it, highlight it, take notes, do what you need to do to remember God's word so that we can meditate on his word this week. So let me read together. Um, Let me just read verses 1 to 14, and then we'll go through this together. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. Walk in love just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. But immortality, immorality or impurity or greed must not even be named among you, as is proper among saints. There must be no filthiness and silly talk or coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know with certainty that no immoral or impure person or covetous man who is an idolater has an inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them, for you were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth, trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. Do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead expose them, for it is disgraceful even to speak of the things which are done by them in secret. By all things become visible when they are exposed by the light, for everything that becomes visible is light. And for this reason it says, Awake, sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. One of the best ways children learn is by imitating. Now, if you have children or had children that grew up in your house, you can pledge that and you understand that that's true, that I have a three and a half year old son named Everett and a six month old daughter named Addie, Adeline, and they love just watching us and they imitate everything that we do. And my son Everett, he definitely, as he's been able to now speak and he he's t- tells us what he wants and he can voice his own concerns to us. And Everett, if you're listening, I love you so much. You're my favorite son. And Everett, he is just a ball of energy. He can find himself in trouble at some times. But one of the things he loves watching me do is drive the car. 
Now, he hasn't gotten out of the driveway yet, but he has decided to imitate me in that way where when I get home, sometimes I'll have the car in the driveway, he'll come running out, and he'll want to play and be in the car. So he's gotten in the car, he's opened the door, and he'll sit in the driver's seat, and he'll crawl throughout the seats, and he'll sit, and he sees all the buttons on the control panel and the dash, and he'll start pushing everything, turning the AC on, doing all these things. And he just loves, loves being like daddy. And it is so precious, it's so cute that one of the things that he loves to do is just pretend to be like daddy. Even if I make a funny face, he then tries to imitate. One of the things that he can do now is like raise one eyebrow. He's been practicing that. And another thing that we love to do is sometimes on Sunday afternoons we'll play football in the house. And I've noticed that when we start playing football, he'll back up and I'll throw the ball to him. And instead of using his hands, he like headbutts the ball. And I was like, maybe he's been watching soccer. I don't understand. But then I, it kind of clicked for me. It's because the model he's been watching has been the, the Philadelphia Eagles. So it makes kind of <laughs> makes some sense. But we have to find a better model, I think, for him um, with some of those football sports. So, but just as a child loves to follow the father, right? God is calling us to follow him because we are his dearly loved children, that we are to follow the ways of our father. Children loved by him. Now, if you grew up in a household, maybe you didn't know your father or your relationship with, was with your father has kind of become broken, we know that we have the greatest father in heaven, no matter your relationship with your earthly father, that he is a father worth following, that he's called us to imitate him. But how do we imitate a God, a father, that we can't see or touch or feel or smell? We know that in Romans, it tells us that for since the creation of the world, that God, his divine nature and his invisible qualities have been clearly seen through what has been made. So that man is without excuse. We know God exists. We know he loves us, that he's created all things. He's made us unique and special to him. But what's awesome is even just two days ago when we celebrated Christmas, that God made himself known. He became flesh for us. Jesus, who is fully God and fully man, this mystery this divine mystery that Jesus walked on earth, that he is God. He made himself known to people. And we can see the effects of God, the work of the Spirit in our lives, the transformation that he has done in my own life, I can attest to. And so we can see the effects and the works of God. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 12, it says, No one has seen God, but if we love one another, God abides in us, and his love is perfected in us. You see, we imitate God by imitating Jesus and how he lived on earth. We imitate God by what Paul says here. Walk in love, just like Jesus. You see, Jesus, he gave up everything for us, for you. Why? What did we do to deserve that kind of love? You see, God loves you so much that he was willing to give up his own son, Jesus, 
who came, and not only did he die for us, but I also want to note what Paul says is his offering a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma, that he lived for us too, that Jesus was the best sacrifice, the perfect sacrifice, because his life was perfect. He never sinned, even though he stood and was tested and was tried and was tempted, he never sinned. And as he hung on the cross, he did it with joy, and that joy was you. He did it because he loves us, to call us his own, his own children. And so as we look to the life and death and resurrection of our Savior Jesus, it compels us to love one another and to follow in the love of God. And I'm thankful that it says, walk in love. I'm still recovering. I'm going through rehab at home, still strengthening my knee. So I'm thankful that it says, walk in love, because I don't think I could handle running in love. When I first met my wife, Emily, we were still dating uh, at Cairn University is where we met. And she ran cross country. I played soccer. And I remember thinking, you know, hey, Emily, we should try to go on a run sometime. She said, okay, that's no problem. We can do that. It was the off season for me. Um, But as she trained every day, she would run like five, ten miles. That's like no problem for her. So I'm like, I don't really do that very much. Playing soccer is enough. Running to the ball, all of that. So I, but I thought, you know, I could do it. So we go out for a run, and I'm thinking like it's going to be like a two-mile jog. It'll be like a little fun run. And as we're going, we just start going, and when we come back, we make like a two-mile loop, and I'm like exhausted because her pace I could not keep up with. She's like five steps ahead of me the whole time. And still at this point, our relationship was like, we're interested in each other, but I'm not sure exactly, you know, where this is going. So I was like, maybe she's going to think less of me because of this, man. I could not keep up with her. And as we're coming around the two-mile loop, I see like Cairn University. I'm like, okay, I can do this. It's only a few more steps. We're going to make a left here. And as we're going, she just like makes a right. I'm like, no, no, you're going the wrong way. And she like, she's already 10 steps ahead of me now. So I have to follow her because I don't even know where we are. So as we're going, you know, it ends up being like a seven mile run was what she was planning to do. But she kept it short, and we get back, and I'm like winded. I was like, how long was that? Like, had to be like 10 miles at least. It was like four miles. It's okay. But, and when we walk with God, it has this picture of being side by side that we are walking with the Lord together. You know, he promised you to never leave you. That this is a, a deep relationship that he cares about. That when he's inviting us to follow him, he's not going to to ditch us and go on his own and expect us to follow him. That he comes along by, by our side and teaches us every step of the way. That no matter what you're going through, what you're facing at this time in your life, God is there with you. He promises to never leave us or forsake us. And the only time that we may look around and feel like we're alone or feel like it's just us by ourselves is our own feeling, Think, but we can know that God has prepared the way for us, and yet he is still there with us every step of the way. 
So as we think about walking in love, that we follow the footsteps of Jesus, we prioritize our time with God. What does this look like for us then? To walk in love. That God has called us to love the people around us as Jesus has. As we love God, we love others. And the first place that God wants us to show love is to the people closest to us in our own homes, in our workplaces, our neighbors, our families, our children, our relatives, the people that maybe at this point you wish you didn't have to see them every day or be stuck in quarantine with them because you spent so much time together. And honestly, in the home is probably one of the hardest places to show love all the time. Maybe you have a broken home that you go back and forth between parents because of things that have happened. Maybe you've had to say goodbye to certain people that there's someone actually missing from your home now during this time. But during the brokenness and the busyness and the stresses of life, the frustrations and the conflicts, even in the things that we share the things that we can celebrate together, the things that we've lost together, that this is where God wants us to show love the most, in our homes. And parents, as you are discipling your children and showing love in your own household, that yes, this is what it means to make disciples of all nations, is to start with your own children, to love them so much that they see Jesus And part of walking in love, it means we're walking towards God, but it also means that we're walking away from certain things. And so as Christians, we think about what Paul's teaching the church here in Ephesus, that where they were specifically was one of the seven wonders of the ancient world, the temple of Artemis, which was this huge, enormous decorative temple built to a false god, where people would go to gather to worship all the time, And this god, or goddess Artemis, was the goddess of fertility. So the way that they would worship was so immoral and impure that when Paul was saying, hey, I know where you are in your culture, and God wants to speak into that. And Paul challenges them. He doesn't just say, hey, I know this is one of the epicenters of the world where people are worshiping false gods, so just do your best. But look at what he says. He says, you should have no hint of immorality, of impurity, of greed, of covetousness, of sexual immorality. No hint of it, because this is not what's proper for us saints. You are called out of this world, out of the darkness and into light. He's letting them know that God takes sin seriously. That as we walk in love, it means that we're walking away from certain things. And I know our culture is stained and corrupted. That when we look around our culture here in America... There are many things pulling us away from God. 
that we have access to basically everything we could even imagine. We don't have enough time to consume all the things that we could possibly look at through our phones or through the internet. And even when we go out of our own home, it is almost impossible to live a day, a normal work day or school day, without coming in contact with something that's immoral. That foul language and coarse joking is just another way of saying hello to people. Especially the younger generation, I want to challenge you. I know with all of the things that are going on on our phones, the way that we talk to each other, that it is very easy to just listen and consume so much. That humor is a big part of communication now. And the humor that is out there is not godly. You know what I'm talking about. Even TV networks that are on social media, it's common to use foul language and cursing and swearing and all of these things that God and Paul is saying, this is not how we should be speaking. Be careful because what you consume and what you partake in and who you partake it in with, it changes you. It starts to become a habit in your own life. And the way that we speak is a reflection of our own heart. See, even throughout the New Testament, we come across verses where we're challenged that out of the overflow of our heart, the mouth speaks. And on the contrary, Paul is saying, how we should be speaking, we should be speaking praises of thanksgiving. Isn't that what the new year is about too? That this, I think, is so timely as we think about this new year and as we reflect on 2020 that we consider the things that we can be thankful for, that we can praise God for the things that He has done even through all of the hardship and the pain and the missed expectations. But Paul is giving them this warning because he wants them to know And he comes very strong and urgently when he talks about that there is no inheritance for the type of people that commit these sins, that live this way, that pattern their life in the way of darkness, that it is shameful to even mention the sins that are done in secret. He's talking to the church that we aren't rewarded for the sinfulness that we do or the selfish way that we live, but when we choose to live for for God, that we will be rewarded for those things. But I also believe that Paul knows that within the church, there are people that think that they're Christians or would say that they're Christian, but maybe they've been struggling internally, and if they were honest with themselves and with God, they're not sure where they stand spiritually before the Lord in their own relationship with Him. But Paul is urgently telling them, Think about your life. How are, your, how are you speaking? Is your life hypocritical? Do you walk the talk? When you say you're a Christian and you love God and love others, is that really what your words reflect? Is that really the way that you, your actions reflect? And if not, I hope that you would consider seriously where you stand in your relationship with God. Because Paul is also urgently telling them to look to Jesus. 
that we can come before God and seek repentance, to turn away from that life and to seek Him. And this year, the year of 2020, can be the year that you commit yourself to the Lord, that you decide, you know what, I've really been thinking about where I stand with the Lord and I don't believe that I'm a true follower of Christ. I've never truly accepted the gift of Jesus, that I want to put my faith and trust in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, that it's not based on my own works, but it's based on Jesus' life and what he's done for me. And if so, it's God who wakens us and brings us to life. Wake up, O sleeper, and rise from the dead, because Christ will shine upon us, and he is the light in us. When Jesus was on earth, he says that I am the light of the world. But then he also tells his disciples, you are the light of the world, that the light exposes the darkness. A few years ago, the staff and the elders were on a retreat, and John, Austin, and I were bunking together, and Bob was in a separate room, and it was Austin on the top bunk, John on the bottom bunk, and I was on a separate, just on the other side of the room on another bunk bed, and we were all going to sleep, and in the middle of the night, I hear Austin kind of rustling around in his bed, and he turns on the phone and his light, and he's kind of just looking at his bed, and he's checking out what's going on, and eventually he realizes that I'm awake too. And he's like, bro, bro, come here. I, don't, I, can't, I just can't sleep. I feel like there's something on me. Or I'm like itching. Like, can you help me out? Like, is there something going on on my back? And I'm just like looking. At first, I just see like a little red mark from like maybe scratches. And then I'm just like, no. No. Oh, my goodness. What's going on? And he's like, I don't know. I feel like there's like, there's like bugs on me or bugs in my bed or something. And so we like go over to his bed and we're like looking with the flashlight and all we see is like this little like black crumb. And then as we shine the light, there's like, there's like more. Oh my. There's like hundreds of little black crumbs like everywhere. We're like, what, what could this be? Is it, it's bed bugs. Oh my goodness. And John's like below that bed, like just, he's completely out sleeping. We're like, we got to wake up John. They're going to like crawl down into his mouth as he's sleeping. We got to wake him up. So we're like, John, John, you got to wake up. And he's like, what? And like, as he's waking up, we're just like right over top of him with the light. We're like, John, John. And so we wake up John. And Bob's like still in another room completely out. We're like, should we wake up Bob? Should we, should we like tell him? Should we wake him up? He's probably sleeping, getting good, getting good rest while we're all awake, like talking about what's going to happen. And so we wake up Bob and the, the exterminator guy, we call, we call the, um, the office and they send a guy coming and he's like, we're going to have to fumigate the whole room, get all your stuff out. But the best way to get rid of bed bugs, and he like pulls out a little pen knife. This was my favorite part. And he just takes out the little knife. He's like, the best way is to decapitate them. And I'm like, what <laughs> We're going to have to find every single bug. And so we, we end up leaving the room. But without that light that Austin was shining, we would have had no idea what we were getting ourselves into. That the light exposes the darkness. And as kind of gross as that story might seem, finding bugs from the light... You see, this is the way that Christ shines his light in us. Whether you are a believer 
or not, that without the light of Christ shining in our lives, we need that light to expose our own sinfulness to us. That as we conclude this year, I pray that we would be like David, that he was not without sin, that he committed sexual immorality, and yet when he was confronted in his sin, he repented. He wasn't just ashamed of being caught in our sin, because there's a difference of being regretful and repentance, but he was ashamed of his sin, but he turned to God and sought forgiveness because God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins, that He loves you so much, and He says, I want you to follow me, to walk in love and walk in light, and I want you to go and expose the darkness and do it in love and start here with ourselves and our own life. So as we go into 2021, may God change us and fill us with His Spirit, and be the change that we have been waiting for. Will you pray with me? Lord, we're so thankful that we can open up Your Word and be convicted of our own sin. And so, Lord, we come to You today seeking forgiveness. We pray that through the life and the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus that we can be forgiven. And Lord, for those who have never accepted you, we pray that this morning they would make that decision to follow you, that it is simple as accepting the free gift that you offer through Jesus, not by our own works, but by the work of Jesus on the cross and his resurrection, that we now are alive in Christ, that you have defeated death and the power of sin, and so we can live and walk with you, walk in love and walk in light. And we pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen.